This is a Bandit Radio production. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. You're listening to One Team One Podcast, your unfiltered source for LSU sports. Presented by Courtesy Automotive Group and Bandit Radio Productions. On this episode, we discuss COVID in college football, Marcel Brooks leaving LSU, and the legend of the Honey Badger. Okay, guys, welcome back to One Team, One Podcast, episode 16. One six. Who's number 16? Danny Etling. Danny Etling. He was a good quarterback. He was. Serviceable. Serviceable quarterback. <laughs> uh, Danny Etling. Is he still in the league? Is he still uh, with the Patriots? Like a, uh, no, they, he's not practice there anymore. Squad? No, he, uh, they cut him, and then he went to the Falcons. Oh. Um, and he was on their roster for a minute. Uh, I think he's on the Falcons practice squad still. So. Okay. Well, good for good for old Danny. Yeah. Uh, he, he had moxie. Yeah, he did. He did. He had a little he bit had of some it. moxie. Yeah. Um. All right. Episode sixteen, guys. We appreciate you joining us again. Uh, we have a little fun episode for us today. Um, and we're going to take a deep dive look into college football this season and. COVID-19 and its effects on college football and, and what's going to happen. And I think we have a couple of interesting viewpoints between me and Jack here. So, um, But first, we're going to have a big shout-out to our sponsor, Courtesy Automotive Group, as always, Brandon Lejeune at Courtesy Buick GMC. I was just texting with him today. Um, he's pushing out some GMC Sierras over there, guys. And he had one that he was – Shipping this morning to Prairieville, Louisiana. So you guys in Baton Rouge, do not hesitate to contact Brandon over in Lafayette at Courtesy Buick GMC. He has got some deals, and he's pumping the GMC Sierras out. So if you guys want a killer deal on a brand-new vehicle, contact Brandon. I'm going to put all of his information uh, on our Facebook page. Give him a like on Facebook and maybe send him a message, especially if you're in the, if, if you're in the market um, he can work up a, an interest rate and make, maybe even get you pre-approved for a vehicle. But again, that's Courtesy Automotive Group, big supporter of our podcast, and we're a big supporter of those guys. Uh, Courtesy Buick GMC, 4750 Johnston Street in Lafayette. So that kind of brings us to what I really wanted to discuss this week, which is uh, the coronavirus. Coronavirus! And what's going to happen in 2020? I'm, I'm... It's getting to the point where we just need to talk about it, right? Like yeah. we've been, we've been. Let's just. We started our podcast right when uh, we were actually about to have an LSU baseball series with Ole Miss, and it got canceled, right. and the entire sports world was canceled shortly afterwards. And we really never really discussed it. I think it was because we didn't really want to. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of media focus on the coronavirus and all coronavirus. that. Coronavirus. Well, now it's starting to creep up on college football season a little bit yeah it is and what i want to know and we posted a poll on twitter this this morning of um what do you think is going to happen or is is, and my options were everything will be normal um or teams will play uh with limited fans in the stands 
or teams would play with no fans in the stands or college football would be canceled this year or pushed back. Right. Um, I've heard scenarios of pushing things back. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I mean, I definitely don't lean towards uh, canceling college football. I don't think I, – I just don't see that how that happens at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would, it would take something crazy, I think, for that to happen. Like a big spike? Like a massive spike. Not, okay. not, just, not even just a big spike, a massive spike. Um, like probably within uh, like football facilities and all that, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily see happening because they've already all tested and their players who tested positive are now quarantining and then, you know, they're going to stay in their bubbles, I think. And I don't Yeah, see there's definitely how a protocol that's in place. Right. I, I just – I think – uh, I think a lot of teams are taking enough precautions to uh, prevent any sort of spike within the teams, you know? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on fans in the stands? Yeah. Um, this is where I it gets, I think, a little tricky, huh? It, it definitely seems like we're all going to be wearing masks if we're in the stadium. Uh, so September, early September, uh, going to an LSU game, a night game, it's muggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 95 degrees, 100,000 people, and they're all wearing masks. Right. They're all wearing one team, one podcast masks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One team, one. Go to our shop page, <laughs> one team, one podcast.com. You can get your mask. Is that feasible, though? Like, do we see that happening? Or do we see people that they have to have a mask and then they just take it off brazenly? And that is what I'm curious about is. If they were to do that, like how they would regulate it's it. It's like a giant like, social experiment. You know, they, have, they have a cop at like every section almost. Yeah, are they really going to enforce this? Right. I don't think they can. Because, um, I mean, you know, I've, I'm sure you have too, uh, brought flasks into the stadium and, yeah. you know, you got away with that just fine. There will be 50,000 Karens in the crowd Yeah. that um, if you try to tell them to put a mask back on, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> Um, I don't see how that's possible. Um, and I, they, I, I could see a situation where they're handing out masks at the front of the stadium mm-hmm. to try to help with that too. So that was our biggest, um, reply. I think we had 53% of the people, uh, out of those four options that said we would end up playing, but with limited fans. And I don't know how that's going to work. Um, right. how do you set up? I th- I definitely think there's going to be limited amount of fans because I think that like how the NFL is doing with the eight rows or whatever it is. Yeah, between, we talked about that before. Right. Like they're they're so they're they're putting like logos uh, over the uh-huh. the seats there, so where they're not uh, going to be. They're going to find a way to make some money off. Oh, of it. for sure. <laughs> but what I told you was okay. So they care about the players' safety, so that's why they're backing everybody up, but they don't give a damn about the people that are actually in the stands. Right. So are we going to just jam-pack everybody up um, in the stands, or are they going to enforce social distancing with the ticket sales? Yeah. um, Like even the student section. How are they going to – because it's all general admission in the student section. So how are you going to keep me away from like, like what if I come in with a it's, group of people? Do we have to sit? There's apart no from way each other? that it can be enforced, is what I mean by that. Right. Like, so you can't have people like sitting six feet away from each other. But that would they would they just divide a hundred thousand by six? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. and and then it ends up being like you like have six feet in between each spot. But then I don't even want to go to a game like that. You know, the I whole know. point I, of the whole point of being at a game is you're with all these people. I you're all going, and that's kind of what I'm saying is happens. I don't think there's an. I think it's it's either you do it all the way or you just say I agree no, with that. and maybe I'll, just have the band in the stands. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I haven't. I didn't, I'd never thought about the band. Um, yeah, that would I be, mean, it, that'll be interesting actually. What they do with that. Yeah, I um I don't see how you can enforce any other way. And you likely keep some sort of social distancing between the fans and the band too. Now that I think about it. So you're protecting the band but you don't care you don't care about the fans. I mean, you can I'm I'm not saying it, To me I I'm not, I'm not saying like you what like I that, think but, but I'm just saying what I think they'll do. It's the biggest uh, it's the stupidest they, thing ever though if you're if you're saying okay, these people Need to stay well, I think it's away because from you these can people. Test, you can test all the people in the band and make sure they don't have the coronavirus, but you can't test every single fan that comes into the stadium. That's just not feasible. Now they can do temperature checks. Sure, but what does that even do? Because you can be asymptomatic and have you know perfect levels. I agree. And be just fine. I don't know, man. I I, I keep talking about my friend in Hong Kong, Tim, and. You know, the way they've adjusted to life with, you know, pandemic diseases, because they've had a few of them there, is people wear masks all the time and they do temperature checks during periods like this to just walk into anywhere. And if you have a temperature, obviously you're not coming in. And I agree. I understand like asymptomatic people you're not going to you're not going to be able to pass that. Especially but it's with one college other kids, you know, the, I mean, so many college kids are asymptomatic, too. Or they just have the sniffles or something like that right, because yeah. their immune systems are better. But um, I don't know, man. It's a difficult, difficult topic, I think, because it's been so politicized and such a, like a media circus around it. Right. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure from like the NCAA and other political offices to like make a stance on something. Right. Um, so it could be really bad in. Uh, New York or larger metropolitan areas and maybe not as bad in, you know, I hate to say Baton Rouge is a rural area, but it's not as big of a metropolitan city as other places. So it's not as many people. Yeah. And so I guess what my curiosity is, is it's whether we, whether we have fans in the stands or not, the college football season in itself, if we end up playing the season, what does it look like when somebody has or tested tests positive for COVID? Right. That's something you brought up a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or whenever that was. Yeah. And I think it's a fascinating. It is really discussion. interesting. And there's, there's other things involved. There's also HIPAA violations. Like, so are you going to be able to say on an injury report, he's out with a sickness? I don't think you can. I don't think you can legally with college kids. Um, why I, not? Wait, why not? Because of their, it's a, there's a HIPAA violation. Uh, I forget the exact age, but there's a certain age where you're not supposed to uh, disclose sicknesses in public. Um, oh, really? Okay. So I don't so know. How does that work though? When, I mean, I feel like they there's it's not that uncommon. For there's them not to, like an injury report in college. There's uh, not an official one. No, but, uh, like Ed Ogeron I mean, would come out probably in right. a press conference and say something. But would would you say that somebody is tested positive when they? Well, I mean, I think Coach O is probably the king of like non-descriptors. You know, well, I think Les Miles was the king of non-descriptors. Well, I think Coach O is in terms of like when players don't play. 
like Sadiq Charles, my, uh, Michael Divinity will be out with a coach's decision this week, even though everybody knows what he's talking about. So would, would he would he actually say they're going to be out? He might say they're going to be out with a coach's decision because he didn't have to say that they're going to be out. Like so, he right. could just say, "Yeah, everybody's good to go," and then you you then, find like, out you when they yeah, when, you, when day, they come out like, in the game. You know, right. Ross Dellinger leaks on Friday night. Right. That, yeah. Delhi comes out and says he didn't make the trip. You know, right. you'll then know. Right. Um, but it'll force everybody. Yeah, that in. actually, that is probably how you'll find out about that kind of stuff when you hear about guys that didn't make the trip or Unless, something Unless, like I that. mean, Oz, to me, Ozron's very forthcoming with like. Well, I just think he's, I mean, he's always. He, yeah, he doesn't he's, say he's that they're suspended. sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I think he's on the player's side is why that is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, well, I, Les yeah, Miles I was the one that was just like, he has, he's got an upper leg injury. Right. And it's like, what does that mean? Like a. <laughs> Or an upper thigh injury, or something like that. He would part of that was like he like didn't know what he was talking about. Almost probably, it's almost what it felt like at least. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, that's so cute, Les Miles," and he didn't really know what you were talking about at all. <laughs> um, but I, I'm I'm very curious of the, and fascinated by how that's going to work, and um, how many players do we see testing positive during the season, um, and does it affect some teams more than others because of depth reasons? Um, does it affect some schools more than others, especially with fans in the stands? We can talk about that too. Like we had Morehouse College, they're a Division II school. So Division II schools, um, they don't give scholarships to players. They can do financial aid packages and stuff like that, but they don't have scholarships. Um, it's a little bit different setup than Division One and One AA. And they've now probably realized that there could be an effect on attendance to their games this year, uh, which their football budget may pay for the rest of their sports budget. So if they're not going to have fans in the stands, they're going to lose that revenue by having sports, by having football. So they just went ahead and cut their losses and they just cut the whole season. And I think you're going to have more. Like If they don't make a decision <clears throat> coming up on what's going to happen with attendance, you're going to have more so small schools, and it can even be like Southern. It could be sure. uh, Southeastern. You're mm -hmm. going to have plenty of schools that are very dependent on gate sales that pay for everything else. I wouldn't even be surprised to see schools that are more maybe more uh, invested in their academic side of things than their, uh, you know, their <coughs> athletics. You know, maybe like a Tulane that's just like. You know? Yeah, but I think with Tulane, there's probably a uh, TV revenue package that's put in place with the right. conference. That's true. I'm thinking of like teams that probably don't have any of that, um, that don't get any kind of revenue outside of actually, you know, gate sales or like donations coming into the school. Um, LSU is one of those. I mean, it's they have a contract. They can afford to not have fans in the stands and they'll still turn a, a profit. Um, yeah. And that's after all the other sports. Like, mm -hmm. it's so, such a large, you know, product that they can afford to do that. And there's right. not a lot of schools that can do that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, if they make a blind decision and they say, okay, nobody can have fans in the stands, it's going to affect – Smaller schools, but somebody like LSU, it's not going to affect. It'll just hurt us because we don't get to go to the game. Yeah. Um, that's some of the stuff that I'm thinking about that's just so interesting with all this because it's so – it's right. never there's been done so many, before. There's just so many moving pieces too. There it's are. Like, I mean – It's it's such like a 
Everybody wants an answer now, but I feel like it's such a wait and see situation. And a lot of people are coming out with their own stuff and for whatever reason. Like I, I hear Matt Muscona all the time talking about and he's been steadfast about this from the very beginning. Yeah, I remember. That he wants fans in the stands. I, I don't know. I shouldn't say once. He says that there will be fans in the stands and they will play games like normal. And I'm just interested to see how it plays out. He's basically, and I, to me, it's more of a political discussion at that point. He believes that people should just be out there and getting the getting the getting sick. Um, and let it happen and let it run its course. Um, but you also don't know things like, all right, reinfection rates. We don't know any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't have any kind of answer on like when a vaccine will be put in place. There's plenty of things. And like how many people are going to get vaccinated? I mean, it's going to be like (laughs) so many questions and it's like, are we waiting for all that kind of stuff before we get answers? Uh, but then you hear other people like Paul Feinbaum and other talking heads that think that, there could be a pushback of the season somehow. Um, right. Yeah, you don't – although it's, it's nice to not hear people discussing, like, starting the season in December anymore, you know, because that, that's what people were talking about in March and April. Yeah, there was actually a um, – that, that was like a – There was, was another thing option that, that was on the table, which was to switch uh, spring and fall sports. So okay. – if you were going to cancel something, you would have canceled baseball again, and it would have been in the fall, but then you would have actually switched it with football in the spring. And it's like, how does the logistics of all but this is unbelievable? But then how do you then go back I mean, to how it was before? You got so many questions about <laughs> that this. That would be insane. So not only that, but like football in the spring, just for an example. Uh-huh. Uh, what happens with the NFL draft? Right. What happens with um, – I guess it would, it, for football, it would be like it would be like in baseball when like like you're going into the College World Series and you got a pitcher and like now he's pitching in his final game although he already got drafted oh, by the question. Diamondbacks last er, week. Early enrollees, what happens yeah. with those guys? Yeah, they lose they a year of eligibility if they early enroll, right? They would have to redshirt. Oh yeah, I, I, there, I mean, there's tons of logistic nightmares to all of this, really. Um, but I'm very interested to see if everything is at normal, like. Like, we all really want it to be. We want, we want everything to go back to normal, but I just have this feeling like it, nothing's going to be normal about the season, even if you're saying that everybody can be in the stands and all that kind of stuff. I think you're going to have players that get sick during the season, and you're going to have to figure out how to, like, work with this. And it's similar to the NBA. Like, the NBA is going back to this, and they said um, if somebody gets sick, they're just they're, – they're out. It's like an injury, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't just stop the season. Yeah. Uh, you have to they have to quarantine and then everybody keeps going. So, but like with uh, with football players, like you know how position groups they always are together at all times. And so what, af- what happens so if all the DBs only, are sick? Not, well, like not only Miles Brennan's sick, the entire quarterback room's out. I'm telling you, it, who's wait? And I, I'm not saying that's going to happen this at hypothet- LSU. Let's raise this hypothetical. Okay, though. so. Who is our quarterback if we don't have any quarterbacks? If all of our quarterbacks get sick. You got John Trey Kirkland. John Trey Kirkland, for sure. He's one of them. Who else could I do I saw that? him in high school. He was good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our wide receivers. I mean, you got to put Chase back there, right? Derek Stingley? Do some Wildcat? Yeah, I mean, you could do Wildcat with anybody. 
but like who threw the ball in high school successfully? Um, I, uh, I, is Zach Von Rosenberg, he have any eligibility left? Zach Von Rosenberg threw a pass against Auburn two years ago, and it was the worst pass I've ever seen in my he life. He got drafted by the Pirates. It was the worst. Zach, throw. we know you're listening it right now. It was the worst throw I've ever seen in my life. Actually, he he likes a lot of our tweets on Twitter. Maybe he is listening to this. But yeah, Zach, that's dude. Jack talking. Zach, Jack <laughs> thinks that you're if, a terrible. If our quarterback. quarterback room goes down, please don't audition. To be I mean, our he he pitched in the majors, like no, for sure. But did. Trust me, go watch that trick play that we ran against Auburn where he tried to throw it to Foster Morrow. It was hideous. Don't we have a... He did uh, this, like, jump pass, and it went, like, it sailed way over Foster Morrow's head. What about Nick Stores? I don't uh, know if he yeah, played yeah. quarterback, but... That's another guy. He has an arm. got an arm. He's got an arm. I don't yeah. know. A lot of hypotheticals mm-hmm. here. We love the hypotheticals here Eric, on One Team, One Podcast. Just throw Eric Gilbert back there. Eric Gilbert, yeah. <laughs> that dude's a freak. I'm sure he can throw something, uh-huh. huh? So yeah, and it's are you gonna have a position group that gets sick? I I don't know, man. I'm telling you, something weird's gonna happen this year. It might be everybody complete be in the stands, but something weird's gonna happen. Okay, so that was kind of our uh, what I wanted to talk about, which was COVID. If you guys have any uh, thoughts on this, please hit us up on Twitter, One Team One Pod, or you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Maybe give our uh, podcast a like and then maybe comment below on anything that y'all would want us to talk about with COVID coming up or any hypotheticals you want us to talk about because we love talking about hypotheticals. Um, That's all we got. Yeah, I think it's, I think something's going to happen and something weird is going to happen and I'm trying to like figure out what that's going to be beforehand and I think that's a fun part of doing this. So one of the other things we wanted to touch on this week uh, Marcel Brooks, um, leaving the LSU football program. And I have some thoughts on this and I've heard a lot of people, uh, talking about this since it got released. Well, it didn't really get released. He, um, Shay Dixon reported it, uh, on Twitter. And then Marcel Brooks came out on Instagram live and said the reason why he was going to be leaving uh, was due to, he said personal kind of, he relate, he, he also said something about family issues at home. It basically sounded like he wants to go back home to mama. Yeah. It basically said, um, six hours away from home. Uh, he's looking to be closer to home. And some of the, some of the rumors that we're seeing is TCU being a, a big fit. Right. Well, he's from Fort Worth. He so. is. I'd be very interested to see if Baylor ends up being where he's going to be at. Right, Dave Aranda. Um, if Baylor is where he ends up, I then question the exact reason why he's leaving. A little uh, tampering. Not tampering, but maybe he didn't like the fit that he was in. Maybe he liked it better with Aranda. I don't know any of and that. And how much? How much do you think uh, this isn't completely over? Because uh, transfer portal doesn't mean you're gone. You know, I transfer think portal a, means that you're. Like, coaches are able to contact him. Yeah, and I thought that, too. And Coach Oaken still tried to, like, sway him to stay. I thought that, too, when I saw the Shea Dixon report. Right. Uh, but when I saw the Instagram live. I actually didn't get to see it. I, I only know. heard. I saw it right it. when it popped up. I, I clicked on it. And um, when I saw that, I was thinking, okay, it sounded sounded to me like somebody that has his decision made up. Um, okay. and, I and, and that's fine. Like, if it is personal reasons or whatever, I completely get it. Like, dude. You do yeah. whatever you need to do. No, for sure. 
Um, but I'm, I am starting to hear a lot of people that they immediately go to, that's fine because we have so much depth. Um, Which is true. It is. But this is a discounting. Guy. They're discounting the kind of impact that I think that this guy was about to give us. Yeah, I think I agree. I think this is a loss. Big time. I, I think it is. I think that, yes, we do have depth. And, yes, we have guys that can fill gaps. That's fine. Right. Uh, Damone Clark, first of all, what position was he going to play? We're, we heard like stuff a, about maybe inside linebacker. It was, it was, yeah, He's an out, even, this kid's an outside linebacker, right? I think a part of the problem is that, like, and I know that he didn't mention this as a reason that he was leaving, but uh, I still think that it, a part of it was that the coaches kind of couldn't figure out where they were going to put him. Well, and, I also which think that I heard that he wanted to, to be a safety. Right, right, because that's what he played in high school, and he is. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. If you go watch his high school uh, this tape, kid, I mean, this kid reminds he's one me one of the best high school receivers I've ever seen. Not this kidding. kid reminds me of Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, and that's kind of what I had envisioned for him was like a box safety. Well, you could be a safety, but I also see him coming up and being. I mean, eventually being a two hundred and twenty pound, two hundred twenty five pound outside linebacker who can yeah. cover. Um, and kind of fill in that role that Jacoby Stevens is probably going to see this year. Yeah. Um, and I I also just saw – and I, we looked up his stats just a second ago, and his stats for a freshman were underwhelming. Yeah, it, it's surprising. And I think that's why people are saying, oh, well, that's okay because we have depth yeah, and all that. Yeah, uh, I mean, they can say whatever, but uh, he's he was obviously about to make a serious impact. I think we can agree on that. Well, um, I just think when he was in the game and when he did make these plays, they were electric. And uh, a part of the stat we're not seeing, too, is uh, hurries and all that and, you know, forcing quarterbacks to throw away. Right. Like, he had the one against Tua. I know he had another one against uh, – he had a sack against Florida, and I think he had a hurry against Florida. I mean, the sack he, he, against he Florida. Made a, he affected plays very often. Yeah, him – and that was with him playing defensive end, for crying out loud. Right, at like, 200 pounds. Yeah, just a speed merchant at, at defensive end. I thought that was a great way to use him to be honest with you. I, you had to get the kid on the field. Yeah. Uh, just one of those kind of guys. And, like, I mean, he couldn't play inside linebacker when you have Damone Clark and well, Patrick We Queen had this discussion Jacob a few Phillips. episodes ago with linebacker depth, and we started talking about the linebackers, and we were like, well, where are you going to put this guy? Where are you going to put this guy? Yeah. So you have Jabril Cox, who we feel like is going to be a starter. I think he's the guy. Okay, so Damone Clark's going to have to play outside linebacker is what you're telling me. Basically, yeah. Because he's got to be on the field, right? Right. If Marcel Brooks was there. Because, I mean, can't they both play like inside linebacker roles? I mean, I guess. I mean, it's a multiple defense. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's what Marcel Brooks was going to be like an outside linebacker, but like more of a pass rush guy. Yeah. Use him. And to uh, me, he would be your outside linebacker who would. Who would also play off on a tight end if he needed to be in coverage? Um, that is something we never saw him do at LSU was play in coverage. Yeah, we don't know how he was. With but that. we know he was elite in coverage in high school. Well, I know what his speed looks like. Right. Um, that's kind of what I'm going off of is his his speed and just in, athleticism yeah, just and raw like athleticism. just sure. He was a guy that I was just like, okay, where where is he going to be? Because he's got to be on the field, right? Right. Like that's kind of like. So then you have guys like Baskerville, who I always feel like Baskerville is a, a good player, but I don't feel like he's like a instant starter. Um, yeah. 
But now he's going to have to be a guy that steps up, right? You um, would think so. BJ um, Ojolari's a guy who I mean, they're the raving amount, about. Yeah, I mean, the the amount that Coach O gushes over BJ Ojolari, I mean, that. But is he like a. a you know, he's going to give you a rush sort of outside linebacker role. Like, I, f- I feel like they all have like kind of these roles, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how he fits in because he's also, I mean, he's. Heavier than Marcel Brooks, but he's also a pretty light guy. I think he's only at like 220, and maybe when I 230. Heard, when I heard this stuff, and this was before I think Jarrell Cox came in, the, the stuff about Marcel Brooks maybe moving into a, an inside linebacker position, uh, we were also hearing Devontae Lee in the, right. one of those positions. So the first thing that I thought of with Pelini coming in, Marcel Brooks moving into an inside linebacker role, was you're about to beef this guy up to 230, and he is going to be another Ali Highsmith mm-hmm. for Bo Pelini. Um, just a guy who can run all over the field, and he can make impact plays all over the place. God, don't you just love that we're getting back to, like, that just elite speed on defense like we used to have all the time? Yeah. And I feel like we've still had that speed. You know, oh, I think we still we have too. had, like, Patrick Queen and uh, Devin White, but I feel like we just haven't been, like, using that speed, you know? You know I don't know. I mean? It's I, just like I, I don't feel like we've been like this like super fast defense that goes gets sideline to sideline like crazy. Just I don't the know. Past couple years. I don't. I think I, we I, have. Maybe that's just like a mental thing. But yeah. I, I think it's just. <laughs> I think it's, I just think that because we've been so like, we've just we just haven't been aggressive in like five years on defense. Uh, I think we have been aggressive. It's just not as aggressive as you would probably want it to be, right? Yeah. I mean, relative, we haven't been like extremely aggressive, which I think we should be i think last year was a case where they 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 took the pedal off a little bit with their aggressiveness and maybe because they knew what the offense had and they didn't have to take as many chances but i'm with you a little bit where i'm like okay that i think to me that's the time where you put your pedal on the metal right where, where you right. feel like you you're already going to score a touchdown on offense go for broke and right. try to get a turnover, and let's just put the game away. I just think that, like, when you're aggressive on defense and you have elite playmakers, like, your elite playmakers are going to make the plays. Yeah, you know? and I think a few years ago we had a problem with not getting enough sacks, and we kind of tried to fix that a little bit. Yeah, early in the season we kind of, like, against Texas, we had this, like, uh, cage yeah. blitz that we were trying to do against Ellinger, and it worked for for the first half, and then they made some adjustments – and it just completely fell uh, apart. Their, they started their tackle, some quick throws off. Their tackle took control of uh, Chase on in that game, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think they were trying to keep him in a box kind of thing, and I don't know if that was necessarily the right approach. Right. Um, well, I mean, Tom Herman's just a really good offensive mind. You figured it out. Yeah. It's it's almost like playing a zone. Like, it's the same right. kind of concept where, you know. And I mean, you know, a guy like Sam Ellinger, he's a good quarterback. He's going to find a way to pick it apart. If, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's There's an experienced holes. quarterback, and they had a lot of good receivers on Texas too. That they're not coming back, by the way. So yeah, dude, they're like all gone. <clears throat> man, I I don't I don't know how we lose that game, man. Just looking at the schedule more and more, I'm just. But anyway, uh, back to Marcel Brooks. So we're here in TCU is a possible landing spot. Mm-hmm. I am interested to see if Baylor um, gets into the equation because that would then it would interest me a little bit in the fact that okay, was he really leaving just because of personal reasons. And that could be – obviously that could be the case. But was there also a little bit in his head about, hey, I, I want to be 
uh, with Aranda, and I like that scheme better, or maybe things weren't meshing with him and Pelini. I don't know. Uh, I'm just yeah. spitballing. I No, I agree with you. Uh, I hope that's not the case, because I feel like somebody like Pelini could use Marcel Brooks in a number of different yeah, ways. Yeah, and what's frustrating to me is that he never got a full spring to like really let Pelini figure out a, a, a spot for him, you know? Yeah. I mean, granted, they've been in zoom calls or the zoom room like coach o likes to call yeah. it and uh that's just not enough to like really figure out what you want to do with a guy i think for a defensive coordinator you know well you know it's funny that we're talking about this because we had another player that we had in the past that would come off the edge and he was a different type of player and you had to move him around you had to like play him in different positions um and it just so happens we are having an LSU rewind about this player, and we're going to have it right now. On this week's LSU Rewind, we look back at the legend of the Honey Badger, LSU great Tyran Matthew. Bad wing will have to punt it away again in the direction of Barner. Now this time he hangs it high in the air. Barner backing up, backing up, and he will take it in, and he is going to be thrown. The ball comes out. It's loose. Tiger, touchdown! That was Terrell Matthew. Out of the shotgun, Smith is going to be hit, and the ball is knocked loose. It is at the 23-yard line. There is the snap, there's the kick, an end over ender, and Matthew's going to take it in, a chance to run, near side, 10, 15, he's at the 20, still in his feet, 25, 30, 35, he's got a chance, needs a block, he's in midfield, he's going to take it to the house, 30, 25, 15, 10, 5, see ya, 91 yards. Matthew back to receive, Butler has been booming it all night long, he's about a yard inside the end zone. There's the snap, LSU wants to set up the run, and there's a great putt. Matthew backing up. He's going to have a chance, though. He takes it into 39 at the 40. Comes to the outside. 45. He's at midfield. Runs past the man. 40. He's cutting back the other way. He's at the 30. He's at the 25, 20, 15, 10. He may go home, and he does. Holy cow. 62 yards for the Honey Badger. So, Taran Matthew, the Honey Badger, um, I would have to say my favorite LSU football player of all time. Yeah, it's a pretty easy pick, too. I mean, I, I thought you would probably say Leonard Fournette, right? Was no, that I would, time? I would say Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew? Yeah. Um, so exciting, and uh, we were pulling up his stats. And I, I thought this was perfect to kind of talk about because I, I did picture a guy like Marcel Brooks kind of filling a role similar to this. And, and I also think of Jacoby Stevens a lot with this type of role as well. But yeah. when you think of Tyron Matthew, he's a little guy. Like five eleven, no, like five five nine. five nine, yeah, one eighty, one ninety, uh huh, something like that, yeah. Coming out of St. Aug, um, w- right when he started playing though, as In his freshman impact, year, yeah. I mean, it was impact after impact after right. impact. He made a couple plays in that North Carolina game, his very first game, and I remember he hearing, got a sack in that game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think it was a strip sack. Yeah, I think he had – yeah, right. And I, I remember J- Jim Hawthorne saying, oh, this guy's going to have a good career. Mm-hmm. Like, little <laughs> did we know, this is probably – I hate to say the best football player because it's yet Joe Burrow, but 
right. Yeah. Well, and I hate before, to say the best defensive player because you had Glenn Dorsey. Like, I'd say Tyron uh, Matthew was better. Best had a bigger impact than Glenn. Dorsey I agree did. with that. I agree with that. It's tough to say with with the amount of tackles because there's a lot of stuff that defensive tackles do that you don't see. Yeah, and the amount of awards that Glenn Dorsey won. Right. And it obviously he's up there, uh, but yeah, to me. When I think of all-time best defensive players at LSU, I'm thinking of Tyron Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, the I, amount of plays that he made and the amount of and impact. And you talk plays. about awards. The fact that he didn't win the Heisman in 2011 is just stupid. Well, to me, I, I know it's a quarterback award, but you look at his stats here. Who was his uh, finalist again? Uh, the I other RG3 won it. RG3, but who was and the Trent other? Trent Richardson was the other guy. Trent Richardson. That's right. 2011. But uh, RG3 though that year. Sure. No, I, I agree. I get it. RG three was great, but he was on a nine and three team. I agree. And yeah. Tyron Matthew was like the heart and soul of one of the best defenses I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And what what would it have looked like if we would have won the national championship? Um, I'm, I'm wondering if people think that Trent Richardson got snubbed. Like if Alabama think that Trent Rich, Richardson got snubbed that year at all. Um, I'm sure Bama fans do say that. Um, I mean, he was. He has. He was their whole offense. He has almost as much of an argument as uh, as Tyron Matthew. I say almost because they went head to head and LSU won, so won one and then lost one. Yeah, but that was but the one that we lost was, was before after the, the uh, was after the Heisman ceremony, right? Right. To me, the amount of impact plays that he made it, it's it's amazing. When every single game, he's going to have an interception or a fumble recovery or a strip or a sack. Right. I remember uh, Les Miles punt saying, uh, like, I, I've seen players that make plays that Tyron Matthew makes uh, on a game-by-game basis. I've had really great players that make those kind of plays, like, once a year. Right. And he's making them he every week. Every week. Right. Um, there was one clip that I really wanted to pull, and I told you about this. It was the West Virginia game where yeah. Geno Smith – uh, right before the half, and he tries to throw like a little, uh, a little flare out to one of the wide receivers, and Teran Matthews coming off of the edge like he always does, and he jumps up in the air like he always does, tips it up in the air, grabs it, picks it off, runs it all the way down to like the one or the two, and Brent Musburger and Kurt Herbstreit were on the call, and um, after the play, Brent Musburger is you know talking about the Honey Badger and all that, and Kurt Herbstreit says. LSU fans are used to this because they've seen this now for a year and a half. But the college football world needs to take notice that this guy is the best defensive player in the country. Um, I thought that was that was something that I think sparked everybody a little bit and kind of like got their ears up a little bit more because we saw it the whole freshman year that he was doing – just stuff one thing after another. Right, and then he took the seven after Patrick Peterson, yeah. and no one better than I. No one. Like, yep. Yep, that's the guy. Yep. Um, is the continuation. Yeah, and then the Oregon game was the first game of the season. Uh, where And then he had the punt where he stripped it from his face. He stripped uh, it. Uh, yeah. Face. Um, the Anthony Thomas. No, it was Barner. Was it Barner? Yeah. Yeah, Barner. And, um, but that, that kind of – Change the momentum. That that was one of the things that he did. Not only the impact plays, but it was like momentum changing plays. Uh, the Arkansas game, great example. Yeah. We're like we're getting handed to us a little yeah. bit at the beginning of that game. Like we were making mistakes. 
They were capitalizing. I think it was 14 to nothing. It was 14 to nothing, like, first five minutes of the game. And all of a sudden, 92-yard punt return by Terrell Matthew, mm-hmm. and that changed the momentum of the entire game. We ended up blowing them out. Uh, Georgia. Very next week. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia same thing. Up 10 nothing, About to be halftime. He takes one to the house. It's 10-7 at halftime, yeah. and we have all the momentum. Yeah. And we beat the crap and out of And to me, the second half. punt return – was the best, was the was better he, one. Was the best punt return. If I've he would have scored on that punt return, he may have won the Heisman. If he would have scored on that one, you know what? You might be right. Might and be I watched right. another clip of that. That uh, and that was the one where he, you know, cuts across the field and he actually gets like tripped up at the twenty. Uh, what but was the final like body count on that one? He juked like eight guys. I think it was thirty. He juked one no, of them, like three times. I can't. We. I was watching a highlight and somebody counted it and it was thirteen missed tackles. <laughs> no way. Thirteen. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! How many of those were like repeat offenders? I think like two or three. Yeah. Well, because thirteen, there's only eleven guys on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last guy was the only guy that didn't get a chance, and he he got like blown up at the end. So you know he would have scored if he wouldn't have gotten tripped up at the yeah. end. Um, oh, that would have been. Yeah, the that damn shoestring tackle that cost him the Heisman. Haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's always interesting to see that with the Heisman Trophy too, because how many of those guys already have mailed their ballots in? You know, like after right, RJ three RG three had that big game at the beginning of the season. If you remember, it was like a Thursday night game, and he he had like a huge game that Thursday night game. I, the only game I specifically remember was the game he played against Oklahoma. Was that the game you're talking about? No, there was another game the beginning of the season, and I forget who they played, but it was like the, a showcase game. Um, and it, they were like the only team won, okay. and it was like early, early, early in the season. And that you were like, "Holy cow! That yeah, this guy's really good." From that on, moment on, he was the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Right, and, and he just never was, had like a, a never had a bad game. a game that was bad enough to right. lose him the Heisman. And he had losses, but you also chalked that up to okay, Baylor, right? You know, they're not like a huge program, right? Yeah, Terrell Matthew has got to be one of the greatest ever and it's always interesting to me to think about um the number seven and like you can't retire it right no no you got to keep that going you have to keep it going uh but if like if you did retire it who who's would you retire? Rude, yeah that's kind of where i was going <laughs> would it have to be all of them i would think so except but for giles except for giles except for chark oh that that hurts to leave chark out of there I mean, just because i love him so much all right, so Peterson. But I agree. Peterson, I Matthew, Fournette. I'd say take Delpit out. Take Delpit out. If you're taking Delpit out, you're taking Chark out. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, that's, I was thinking the opposite way, actually. If you're taking Chark out, you're taking Delpit out. Is Chase going to be the next seven? That, yes. Uh, okay. <sighs> and Chase would be included. And then Stingley. Stingley would be the next seven, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then Eric Gilbert. <laughs> 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 Who's after Eric Gilbert? That's the question. All right, so a good little look back at Taran Matthew, um, one of the greatest ever uh, in LSU history. Really like talking about him, um, especially coming off of last week where we talked about Ryan Perilou. Um, right. And one of the things we were saying was Les Miles, of course, had a lot of boneheaded things that, that happened during his career. But one of the things that he was very good at was making good decisions for the, the betterment of the guy's life. Um, Ryan Perlu, he had the he had the absolute right to say no. I need a quarterback, um, and so 
hell or high water, Ryan Perilou is going to be on this team next year because I can't afford to start Andrew Hatch. Um, but he didn't. He let him go. And looks like it, it actually worked out for Ryan Perilou because I don't know where his life was going. Right. Same thing with Terran Matthew. 2012, we would have loved to have had Terran Matthew on that team. But him being let go actually probably saved his career. Um, and where would he be now if that wouldn't have happened? And I think he's one of the first ones to say that and very appreciative of Les Miles. I, I think I think it can go the other way, though, because I think Nick Saban has uh, pretty much the opposite approach to I these agree. things where he like – and people get on him about it, but uh, there was a big rant that he went on one time, which was actually somewhat It was compelling. about the, uh, the, the kids in the car with the guns, right? Probably. It was, with uh, Paul it was, Feinbaum. It was, yeah, it was probably about that. Um, and uh, he was basically saying, like, what would you – where would you rather these kids be? Would you rather me kick them off the team and they end up on the streets, or would you rather they stay here, they continue getting an education, mm-hmm. and they continue getting uh, guidance from all these great coaches and all that? And it does work out for a lot of his players. Right. Too, so. Well, I remember when Terry Matthew came out um, – and went to the combine, and I talked. I keep talking about that combine because I remember watching that combine and watching Trey Matthew, you know, take part in it, and it was just like this guy's on a different level than all the other DBs. I'm sorry, yeah. like his hip movement is better. He like still his, went third round. Still I went guess, third round. It's, I guess it's it, off the field stuff. Absolutely, for sure. So he was completely addicted to to, to weed. Like, yeah. and he was even doing like uh, all the whatever you call it, the yeah. synthetic stuff synthetic, and all that kind of stuff. That was the word I couldn't think of. And I would have loved to see him with the Saints. Like, yeah. would have died to see him with the Saints. It would have been so cool. It would have. But looking back on it, would it have been good for him to go back to New Orleans? I don't know if it had anything to do with his friends that he was around, if he needed to just kind of, like, cut ties. He kind of had some issues, I remember, with uh, there was a friend that, that he had that stole like a lot of money from him or something or an agent that was his friend, I think from new Orleans that ended up stealing. Like, I don't, I don't want to like get this wrong, but I, the number I think I remember is like $5 million. Someone stole like $5 million from him. Well, I, I remember him going when he went to the Cardinals and it was just like a, okay, he's going to be with back with Patrick Peterson. And it was like, okay, this is, this is where he's supposed to be. And, like, he needs – and I think he's one of the first ones to say that, too, is, like, you know, that was his brother, and he just – they kind of – he matured with him. Right. Um, and I think he needed that kind of period in time. But I just love the fact that he's still, like, look, Les Miles is my guy. And, yeah. like, he made the best decision for me. And, like, look where he's at now. Like, he's yeah, Super I've Bowl champion. Yeah, really like, cool. That, I, you know, I wasn't a huge Chiefs fan last year, but, like, seeing Terran Matthew in the – the Super Bowl was right. pretty pretty awesome, um, and he's so beloved here. Like he really is. You still still see people with Matthew jerseys on, mm-hmm. like all over the place, and it's just like everybody. Nobody's ever gonna forget that guy. Right. He was just like like when I say legend, he was a legend here. Um, the Honey Badger T-shirts. So by the way, I do have a Honey Badger T-shirt at One oh, yeah. Team One Podcast. If you want to go check it out. Uh, Honey Badger number seven on the back. Um, oh, it has a seven on the back. It has a seven on I the back. Yeah. Um, but I remember when those 
the first original t-shirts came out the hunter mm-hmm. ba- honey badger don't care yeah, takes what one. he wants i had one you had one mm-hmm. did i get you that one or did you got that one i think my mom got it or maybe you got it for me okay it seems like something you i knew one of the me. guys who was pumping those out oh really and i he made a fortune that year and uh they they even showed it on tv like on like cbs I remember that they were I like look that. he's even got a t-shirt uh-huh. and like all of a sudden, his this guy's sales like yeah. went up, skyrocketed. It was awesome. It was a great time for college football and LSU football. It was. That was a really uh, fun that, year. That year was just so much fun. Um, anyway, great look back at Tyron Matthew, uh, one of my favorites of all time. And with that, guys, we are going to take a look at Tiger Droppings. Now it's time for your favorite segment. Tiger Droppings Posts of the Week. That's right, guys. Tiger Droppings Posts of the Week, where we take a look at our favorite posts of the week from our most reliable source, Tiger Droppings. Yep. Um, we want to be the official podcast of Tiger Droppings, but they won't let us do that yet. So we're the unofficial official podcast you know, I've had, of Tiger uh, Droppings. I've had a uh, uh, one team, one podcast Tiger Droppings account that I tried to start up about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Still haven't been activated. This is ridiculous. What is going on with Tiger Droppings? Why Check are it. they? Why are you blocking us out, Tiger Droppings? We just want to give you all the publicity. Our First Amendment rights are being violated. That's all I got to say. Well, speaking of, I made a parlor account oh, uh, right. this past week. And uh, for all you right-wing fans, I'm on par- parlor at One Team, One Podcast. Right uh, blowing up on parlor. They love me on parlor. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I think we're up to like a hundred and something followers already in like that, three days. That's inc- that's incredible. It is that incredible. Is actually incredible. And they're all from like yeah, they're all MAGA wearers. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Um all right, so Tiger Droppings post of the week. What do you got, Jack? Uh Detective Dick's back at it. Detective Dick on the case again. Yep. Uh he, he posted another tweet today. Dickie V back at it. I see it here. Here's an update on potential NCAA notice of allegations facing LSU basketball and Arizona. My source just told me that they will both be notified of violations at the end of July or early August. So next month, as he always says. Did he tag tag Musa Cisse in the uh, tweet? (laughs) He might as well have. (laughs) Uh, Sources say both will face level one charges. Okay. So once again, Musa Cisse is about to commit likely to LSU <laughs> and once again detective dick is here to cock block LSU yep big cock blocker here dick blocker could we call him that yeah. i don't know um I, why are we giving this guy any credence at all did you see his video the other day no of like making fun of well, he was like in the crowd. He's like, why aren't we wearing masks? And he had a mask on. And he was like looking at the crowd. He's like, I'm looking around and nobody's got a mask on. He's wearing a mask, but he's not covering his nose on the video. <laughs> and everybody's like, what an idiot this The people is. who don't cover their nose look so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see one of those, they look so ridiculous. <laughs> well, go check out his video. You'll laugh at okay, it. Okay, I'll go. Um, but yeah, Dick Vitale. Come on, bro. Um, 
I at this point, I really want ESPN to say, "Hey, Dick Vitale, LSU Kentucky at LSU this year. You're covering it." Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I want to see what happens. Just so watch bad. Will Wade jump across the press stand at him. <laughs> I think LSU fans might want that to happen at this point. Yeah, no, please bring him down. Please. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right, here's a good one on Tiger Droppings. Who will be LSU's breakout defensive player for 2020? Right. So, keyword is breakout. And I would have said Marcel Brooks. Oh boy! I would have. Swear to God, I would have. Yeah, yeah. No, I was so big on Marcel Brooks. He would have probably been the guy. Uh, so let's see. It can't be like Jacoby Stevens, Derek Stingley, Tyler yeah, Sheldon. breakout guy. Like yeah, you need a guy someone that's, that's gonna break out. Like I could see. Um, I'll just list off guys I could see breaking out. Although I mean, like at the end of the day, I could see any of these guys breaking out. They're all so talented. Um, like Andre Anthony, I could see him having like a real breakout year. I won't list any like true freshmen because like you really if, don't know yet. If you do well as a true freshman, like you're just that that just counts as a breakout. You know what I mean? Because like you're a true freshman, you haven't played at all. Yeah, I think if you're a true freshman and you have a breakout season, it's almost like Derek Stingley. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Maurice Hampton, I could definitely see filling into this Pelini defense really well, mm-hmm. like a Chad Jones type guy. Yeah. Uh, they both play baseball. That's kind of why I made that comparison. Um, who else? I mean, whoever plays opposite of Derek Stingley. I mean, you say Elias Ricks, right? Right. So, I mean, I could see Elias Ricks having a big-time year statistically because people just don't want to throw at Sting. Yeah. So. I, I'm going to have to go with um, Damone Clark. I, I just I, I feel like there was going to be some linebackers that were just going to, like, come on the scene and basically you had queen and you had uh phillips last year that were kind of taken they were taking ownership of that spot but there was so many guys behind them that were ready to like break out that they just weren't able to get on the field do you remember going into the georgia southern game everybody was talking about a lot of the coaches were like look damone clark could easily win the middle linebacker job yeah uh and he i mean he played all year and he Played pretty well in a lot of games. Um, he, he he was pretty he had a pretty quiet year, but uh, he racked up a bunch of tackles. I mean, he had 50 tackles on the season as the third middle linebacker that we had. Yeah. Three sacks, four tackles for loss. I mean, that's a pretty solid year. So looking back on this post, I'm seeing a few other names that we're probably not mentioning, but one of them we've talked about before on the podcast, which is Cordell Flott. Um, somebody's yeah. mentioning him, but we were also saying, okay, well, if Cordell Flott ends up playing at DB, it, it's about Elias Ricks, right? Like, so if Elias Ricks is kind of come in and be your is, – is, if he's a number one cornerback out of, in, out of high school in the country, I can't see how he won't end up taking that job eventually. Yeah. Um, so um, to me, that I, I, I think I, I would be, be bad if I didn't mention, uh, Todd Harris, I think. Yeah. That's kind of what I you, remember you said Maurice Hampton, that made me automatically think of Todd Harris and I'm like, okay, then where does Todd Harris go? Right. Uh, I, I actually, now that I think about it, I think Todd Harris is actually going to be the other safety opposite, uh, uh another Jacoby name, Stevens. another name. 
and this is our defense right. this year. It's going to be nothing just, but like yeah. guys. We just got tons of guys this year on uh, defense. Coach O said, Kerry Vincent Jr. Right, Kerry Vincent. Yeah, holy cow. Right. Like, I, I mean, the fastest player in college football. Yeah, but it just uh, I mean, but Todd Harris, Coach O said just like a month ago that Todd Harris is one of the best players on the defense. Yeah, I saw somebody said Jabril Cox on here, but. Is right, that, it's is like, that a is breakout? That really a breakout guy because yeah. he was. A lot of people say he was the best defensive player in the FCS last year. Right, um, Philip Webb. Philip Webb, right? I mean, yeah, that was young one guy. Of the, um, I mean, yeah, that I was one how. of the guys Coach O mentioned last week when they were talking about pass rush. Yeah, on um, OTV. Ali Gay. Yeah, Ali. I've heard Ali Gay is like legit. I think you're going to have a lot of new guys, man. A lot of new guys. Justin Thomas is another guy Justin I would Thomas, look out for. Yeah, he's been there for a few years now right. where he should be ready to play. Uh, I, I keep seeing Neil Farrell, Neil Farrell pop up. Right. Uh, Glenn Logan's obviously there. Yeah, yeah it's I, not a breakout, right? Yeah, it's like, not a breakout, but uh, another. Like, I think he's probably your, one of your starting defensive tackles. Yep. Um, I'm missing somebody else, too. Well, let's move Siaki on. Siaki Aika. Uh, yeah, that's true. Another 350-pound like, dude in there. All right, so here's another good one for us. Uh, this is right up our alley. Make an unexpected prediction for next year. And I, I'm assuming we're talking about football, right? I would assume we're talking about LSU football, right? Not only, yeah, LSU football. Unexpected prediction. You want me to go? If you got something, go ahead. Miles Brennan will throw for 4,500 yards this year. Maybe 40 to 45 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm saying all that, and like I think that LSU will have one loss somewhere, um, probably still make the playoffs. I think it all depends on if you if if that one loss isn't to Alabama. See, I actually think we're going to beat Alabama again this year. I do and too. I think I, I think I think it's more likely that we lose one like of those Florida. three away games between Florida. Auburn and A&M, I think it's more likely that we lose one of those three games than for us to lose to Alabama. We're not Just losing to A&M. We're not losing to no, A&M. No, no, no. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, but <laughs> I would group them into those three of the tougher games that we have this year. Because, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I can see a scenario where we do lose to A&M. I could see I, I can't see it anymore, man. I, I, I'm on that train of like, okay, we're about to hammer A&M for the next 10 years. I am too, but I mean, I could just see some, I, I could see something wacky happening in that game. It does feel like a game where something wacky could happen. Doesn't Miles it? Brennan will have to have COVID. Um, that's the only way that's the happening. The entire quarterback room? Eric yeah, the entire quarterback room's got COVID. Eric and then they still beat us in three overtimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this time we won't have Giles to drop a punt. Right. Uh, so, I also think that I, 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 I'm also thinking we're going to beat Florida. Like, I don't see where we'd lose to Florida. Mm, in the swamp. It would have to be, like, because it's early in the year and, like, we don't have our confidence. It's the first, like, serious defense Miles Brennan's going to have to face. To me, if our offense is the exact same ran offense, and I understand the personnel is different, I don't see how we lose to Florida. I see how Alabama could give us some, some fits, but at, at that point, I, I'm starting to have – you said this first to me, and I, I didn't really 
take it with too much seriousness until you said it. But now I'm starting to look at it more. Is is Mac Jones going to be their quarterback? I'm thinking that more and more that Bryce Young is going to end up taking it. I'm looking at his stuff, and I'm like, I don't think Mac Jones was that impressive to me. You see, I actually thought Mac Jones was pretty damn good. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of shoo away what he did at, towards the end of the year. And I thought he actually played really well against Auburn. He had two pick sixes. One of them was his fault. The other was just a freaking crazy play that, like, once in a lifetime that happens to you. I mean, mm-hmm. he threw it. It hit Najee Harris in the ass, bounced off of him. The linebacker catches it and goes 100 yards for a touchdown. That's ass just, reception. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ass six. Uh, I don't know. There's something there. Um, ass six. That's perfect. <laughs> and um, – I but he still threw. I think he threw four touchdowns. He threw for, I think he almost went for four hundred yards. Uh, he had a, he still had a solid game in Jordan Hare. Alabama still put up forty five points against Auburn, uh, who LSU only scored twenty three against. Granted, it was a weird game, but you know, right? Uh, it would have been more if not for the ass six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so. You're now you're back. You know you got me thinking more of that. Mac Jones is a good quarterback. He he's solid. He's he's really solid. I think. You just feel like Bryce Young maybe gives him a different dimension. Yes. Okay. I think uh, if Bryce Young can match match Max Jones's uh, moxie, I don't, I, I don't I don't want know if I want to say moxie. You were about to say moxie. I don't. Know you had I a glimmer in I, your I, eye. I, I had the thought in my head of saying it, but I, I don't, don't think, think he's I, a moxie guy. I don't, I don't think I want to give it to him. I don't uh, think Mac Mac Jones is a big moxie. Although guy. Mac Jones does have a little swagger to him that I kind of like. Swagger is not moxie, and I feel like we. No, I know. I agree. That. That's why. That's why I use the word swagger, and not moxie. He does. <laughs> he does have a little bit that to him that kind of little cocky confidence type thing going. Uh, maybe a little bit more cockiness than confidence. Do you feel like do you feel like players like the receivers will embrace Mac Jones? I think they would. Okay. Uh, I think he's got uh, enough talent to not. To me, that's like, what's going to make the difference. Players. Is like, all right, you got you got great wide receivers there. You got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Are they going to be like, no, Mac Mac Jones is our guy? I think it's a lot like uh, Alabama's situation is a lot like LSU's where, like, yes, there is a drop-off from Tua to Mac Jones, but that doesn't mean Mac Jones is bad. Right. But the drop-off from Tua to Bryce Young in terms of talent is, I mean, I think once Bryce Young is uh, – Once he's there, once he's, he's a the guy. Once he's a sophomore, junior, like he's going to be right there with right. like a Tua. And the same effect for LSU, do you feel like – Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase feel like Miles Brennan is the guy. Like you, you, you knew that they were like all about Joe Burrow, right? Like you just knew that that was like okay, that's our guy, right? Um, Do you feel like that? So Derek King was in the transfer portal yeah. this year, right? LSU didn't even like attempt to go get him, which tells me like that. Uh, Derek King was a guy who at Houston, at Houston, was being talked about for Heisman. And we didn't even, like, think about going to talk to him. Different so, kind of quarterback, though, right? Sure, like, sure. But an elite playmaker mm-hmm. is my point. And we didn't even, like, think about it. Or maybe we thought about it. I don't know. But we didn't make an offer to him. 
and uh, JT Daniels. Right. We didn't go after JT Daniels, which is crazy to me. I thought I thought for sure we would, uh, but we didn't even go after him. So that tells me that at least the co- if the even if not the receivers, uh, the coaching staff's very confident in Miles Brennan at least. So one of the things that I was I was talking to our good friend uh, Brandon at Coca Cola. Uh, shout out to Brandon. I was talking to him the other day, and he, you know, he he goes into the athletic building every now and then, and he'll and he'll go see like Greg Stringfellow, and he he's talked to Tommy Moffat before, and he said, I remember last year being in Tommy Moffat's office before the season started, and one of the guys he mentioned was Miles Brennan, and he was like, you know, Miles is finally starting to get it, and he's talking about more of the weight aspect, and obviously, you know, when he came in, it was like a a big deal with with his weight and everything and trying to get pounds on. But he, he mentioned the fact that, you know, he was training real hard and he came in during training and he actually had lost two pounds from the day before. And he, he was mad and he was just pissed. And Tommy Moffat was like, good. That's exactly how I want you to feel. Like, cause you need to know that your goal is to get bigger. Right. So that was over, you know, over a year ago now. And, So it's a little bit of a maturity with Brennan and I guess realizing that he's about to be the guy. Uh, I've heard of some stuff about maybe he, he was spending a little bit too much time with the girlfriend kind of thing. Maybe oh, yeah. not maybe not paying attention uh, to it like he would if he was a starter. Huh. Uh, whereas now it's a different ball game. Like so like I feel like a light maybe has clicked. Yeah. You know? I definitely think that has happened in the past year. Uh, I think a big thing was the addition of uh, Joe Brady that kind of helped with that. Sure. With the new offense and, you know, like everyone on offense was like, holy crap, we can make plays in this offense. Yes. Everybody's excited. We can make something happen here. (laughs) And, you know, I don't think losing Joe Brady is going to make us lose that culture. I don't think. Because we're still running the damn offense. We're still running the offense. I don't think it was Joe Brady that had people excited. I think it was his philosophy and the culture that he brought Right. And that the culture that he left at LSU. Completely agree. So, all right, guys. Um, we are going to wrap it up here. But first, I want to, again, thank our sponsor, Courtesy Automotive Group, Brandon Lejeune. Been a big, big supporter of our podcast. Go reach out to Brandon on Facebook. Take a look at some of his deals. He's got some GMC Sierras you need to take a look at. He just shipped one today to Prairieville. So if you are in the Louisiana area, you need to reach out to Brandon, and he will get a car delivered to you at a very low interest rate, courtesy Buick GMC in Lafayette. And shout-out to Bandit Radio. Uh, We are doing some big things with Bandit Radio. Uh, You can check us out at Bandit Radio 3 on Twitter. Uh, we have a few different podcasts, local LSU podcasts and local podcasts that um, that are associated with Bandit Radio. And we're going to be coming out, and this is I'm, I feel like I'm dropping the ball. We're going to be coming out with our top 25 rankings, right? Yeah, well, it's coming. I swear to God. It's you ha- we have it done. It's, yeah. It is done. I, I've just had to put the graphic together. I've been right. t- I feel like I've been talking about this for two weeks. You also you haven't even added your ranking to the damn thing. How about you just do that too? No, I'm not going to do that. Do it. I don't have time for that. But we'll put yes, we'll put together took, a cumulative took, ranking took for Bandit Radio. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. How about that? Well, that works. I'll put the I'll put the pod, I'll put the uh, the rankings together for Bandit Radio, and we'll talk about our top ten. We'll we'll blast out our top ten for Bandit Radio. Yeah. And I'll kind of I think we probably have LSU too low. I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm like okay. 
I don't, I don't even remember where we had him. We're not gonna we're not gonna say it. Don't give it away. Um, I, you just you just showed me the number with your hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. Also, take a look at our uh, website, oneteamonepodcast.com. You can visit all of our old episodes from there, and you can also go to our shop page. And if you want to send us a message, you can uh, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Our Twitter is oneteamonepod, and our parlor account, oneteamonepodcast on parlor. So if you are a right winger and you want to go to parlor, go check us out there. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, we're there. Hey, we're pumping out all kind of viral yeah, posts. It, it's not a it's not a it's them? not a retweet, it's an echo. And it's not a tweet, it's a parlay. A parlay. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Actually. Yeah, I had to learn that lingo this week. That's not bad. It's that's not, not bad. That's I not like bad it. lingo. I like that. Um, so <laughs> go check out our parlor <laughs> account. Uh, we're there. We're everywhere. Um, but also check out our uh, shop page too, because you can get your uh, Honey Badger T-shirt from there. And also on the heels of Detective Dick, you can get your Don't Be a Dick T-shirt. Um, I gave uh, uh, Jordy Collada a shout out today about that. We're gonna get him one of those Don't Be a Dick T-shirts here soon. So um, with that, guys, we will see you next week. It's one team, one podcast. Logging out. Guess what?